Today we are today we are continuing our series of sermons entitled "The Struggle Is Real." That real struggle that we experience in our lives, that struggle between our ideal self and our lived reality, that gap between what we believe and how sometimes we live. We've already talked uh, about how this struggle is rooted within uh, sin. Both the sins that we have committed that bring harm to somebody else's life and impacts how it is that we live, but also the sins others have committed toward us that impact our understanding of our lives and how it is that we live. And we've talked about this struggle as a narrative, a false narrative for our lives and how easy it is for us to live this false narrative and, and not realize who we are created to be. We've talked about how God is at work doing a rewrite of that narrative. And that rewrite begins by our recognition that we need God's help. We seek God's wisdom. Last week, I introduced the, the circle of freedom. I'll put that back up on the screen for you to see. Um, and uh, this is just a way of us kind of picturing God's ongoing work in our lives as God is doing that work of rewriting the story of our lives. It begins with love. Remember, God loves you right here, right now. For who you are, for who you are becoming, God loves you. And it's in the security of this love that God has for us that we can have the courage then to become a little bit more honest, honest about ourselves, both about the things that we have done that have caused some harm to somebody else, as well as honest about the things others have done to us and the impact they've had upon our lives. That honesty or truth about our lives leads us to forgiveness. As we are clear about the things that we have done, we confess and God is faithful and just and God forgives our sins and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. But also as we're honest about the impact other people's actions have had on how we live, God is strengthening us to be able to do that work of forgiving others. This forgiveness frees us. It frees us to this new narrative that God is writing about our lives. Frees us in that our lives are no longer defined by the stuff of the past. The things that we have done, that we regret, are not defining things in our lives. Instead, it is the forgiveness and mercy and grace of God that becomes defining for our lives. Likewise, the things that others have done to hurt us are not defining moments in our lives. They're a part of our story, but the defining moment is this grace and this mercy and our ability to forgive others, a part of the rewrite. This freedom then, leads us back to love. As this cycle repeats itself over and over again in God's unfolding work in our lives, as God is helping us to unpack the baggage of our life, the brokenness that we carry, the wounds that we have, as God is working on our lives, rewriting that story, the cycle repeats itself over and over again. But this love that's at the top of the circle is not just 
about God loving us. As God is doing this work in our lives, God is growing up within us a greater love for other people. I think of God as like this master artist who's making something beautiful of our lives. And doing so for a purpose. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul talks about us being a new creation and then talks about what it means to be this new creation. That we are a new creation for the purpose of being ministers of reconciliation. To be about the work of reconciliation. With, with that, let's pause here and let's listen to Paul's words. From a different Paul. Paul, will you read for us? We have a lot of Paul this morning, both his uh, letters to the church at Rome and the church at Corinth. First, we hear from the 12th chapter of Romans. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And then from 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. Let's join together in singing something beautiful. of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto thee, O Lord our God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Okay, so you are loved by God. You believe that? You know that to be true? Repeat it after me. God loves me. So you are loved by God and you are surrounded by people who are loved by God. And in the safety of that love, let's get a little real about our lives in a serious way. 
Let's get a little real about our lives. As we think about the impact other people's actions has had on how it is that we live and the impact of our own brokenness and sin on how it is that we live. First, the impact of others. It's been quite a few years ago now when I had a friend, a person that I had thought was a good friend, who started passing around some lies about me. And he was choosing to pass around lies about me in order to cover up something that he had done. He was trying to make himself look good at my expense, to make me look bad so that he would look good. And he told these lies to some other people who were my friends. And suddenly they were in the position of having to decide what and who to believe. And I was hurt by the betrayal of this person who'd been my friend. I was deeply hurt by him. And my initial reaction was to be a bit protective of myself. You know what I mean? And to, to make certain that I would not be seen as vulnerable by anybody and to make certain that no one else would be able to pass around any lies about me. In other words, this person's behavior impacted me in such a way that I found it harder to trust some people. But that wasn't my only reaction. My, only, my other reaction was to become defensive. You know what I mean by that? To kind of take that defensive posture how I presented myself and how I looked, it was sort of like a, okay, you're going to take me on? Give it your best shot, right? Because I will not be intimidated by somebody else's lies. And I got to tell you, that part of my response, at least at first, was kind of fun. It was kind of fun to think about what words I might say to this person or what actions I would take in order to reveal this person's true nature. It was kind of fun, like a feast fit for a king. But after a while, it gets wearisome because that kind of defensiveness always turns into bitterness. And that's a heavy load to carry, a heavy load to carry. And I knew it's not what God wanted for my life. I mean, I was a Christian. I knew that's not what God wanted for my life. And I knew what that meant, what I had to do. And that was to forgive this man of what he had done to me. It's not easy. To forgive somebody, especially because hurts can run deep. I mean, I know that there are people here, there's lots of people here whose wounds are much greater and much deeper than what this man was able to do to my life. We've gone through a lot of things where we've had some deep, deep hurts and pains.
brought on by other people's actions, and those things can be hard to let go of, hard to forgive. But along the way, I've learned some things about forgiveness that have helped me. Remember, to forgive somebody is to release them of the judgment they're owed. It is not to say that what the person did was okay. It is not okay. It was wrong. And now you choose to release the person from the judgment that they are owed. And in so doing, you're saying that what this person has done will not have power in your life anymore. It will not be able to define this chapter of your life. It may be a part of your story, but it is not a defining part of your story. The defining part of your story is your ability to forgive, to let it go. I've learned some things about forgiveness over the time. Here's five things that I've learned. The first is that because it's such hard work, sometimes we need help. We just need help being able to, to let go, to forgive. And so the starting point of forgiveness is to pray. To pray for God's help, for God's strength, for God to help you do what you cannot do on your own. To pray for that help. To offer your hand and ask God to do the rest. Second thing that I've learned about forgiveness. It can be helpful to try to, to understand what it is about the person's life, the person who's harmed you. What it is about their life that would cause the person to act in such ways. This is not to excuse the person for their behavior. There's no excuse for it. It is to understand that those who wound us were likely wounded themselves. Which means it helps us to understand that the actions taken against us have more to say about the other person's life than they do about our lives. Third thing that I've learned about forgiveness. It can be helpful to hold the person who's hurt us up to the light of Christ and to ask, what does God want for this person's life? Now, we probably know the answer to that question, don't we? We know that God's going to want some healing and some redemption for that person's life, which opens us up to pray. To pray that God would break into the person's life and do whatever is necessary to help the person to heal and to stop doing these things that hurt other people. Fourth thing that I've learned about forgiveness. It can be helpful to hold our own lives up to the light of Christ. And to ask, what does God want for our lives? And does God want us to carry with us the hurt and the pain of the past? Is that what God wants for our lives? And of course, I think we know the answer to that question, too. Because God's wanting redemption for our lives. Healing. The fifth thing that I've learned about forgiveness is that forgiveness is a decision we make. It is not a feeling that we have. If we're going to wait to feel like forgiving somebody, we will wait our whole life. It is not a feeling that we get. 
It is a decision that we make. We make the decision that we're going to release somebody from judgment that they are owed. And we do so not because it's necessarily going to bring a blessing to their life, but because it's going to free us. It's a decision that we make to free ourselves from the hurt. And it's not a one-time decision. It's a decision that we have to make over and over and over again. Somebody harms us and we get to the place where we decide, you know what, I'm just going to let it go. I'm going to forgive the person. So we forgive the person and then the next day something happens and it reminds us of this thing and the temptation is to take it all back and to make that part of our story again, to reclaim the pain. And so we have to stop and remind ourselves, no, I have decided that is not going to be what my life is about. So we get on with it. And sure enough, the next day something happens and it reminds us of this thing that somebody has done to us and the temptation still remains that we take it back and that we wallow in the pain a little while, but we've got to stop, remind ourselves, no, we have decided to forgive. A week later, maybe we run into the person and we can't help but be faced with what this person has done. And the temptation there is to take all the pain back again and to make it our story. So we remind ourselves, no, I have decided to let it go. It's not going to have power in my life. And we might have to do that five times. We might have to do it 50 times. But at some point, a moment will come when we remember and we will realize it has no more power. It doesn't impact us. There's no temptation. It is simply a part of our story that God has redeemed and we are free. When we forgive somebody, when we release somebody, what we are saying is that the actions that we were taken against us, this hurtful experience that we had, is not going to be a defining moment in our lives. Sometimes we let them be defining moments in our lives, but it doesn't have to be. It's not going to be a defining moment in my life. It'll always be a part of my story. But the defining moment has to do with grace and forgiveness. That's the chapter of our lives that can be written. Paul calls it a new creation. A new creation where we are free. Free. But when it comes to this forgiveness, sometimes we find it harder to forgive ourselves than we find, to find it to forgive other people. I mean, we all know that we've had times where we've done things that have hurt somebody else, maybe even somebody that we love. And it can be hard to let go of those things, to forgive ourselves. We may very well have asked for God's forgiveness and believed that God forgave us, but, but we carry the disappointment or the guilt with us nonetheless. This is going back a long, long way. Long before I was in ministry, we had a neighbor. He was kind of a gruff old man, and he could be mean. And I was talking with him one day, and he asked me something, and I did not tell him the full truth. Now, I justified it by saying it wasn't really a lie. I just didn't tell him the whole story. I left part of it up for his imagination so he could fill in the blanks himself. But by the time I got home, 
And the reality of it had settled in. And I knew. I had not been honest. And I was a Christian. I mean, we live our lives full of grace and truth. And we know that our word is a part of our integrity as a Christian. And it was one of those moments where what I believed and how I behaved did not align. I asked for God's forgiveness. And I know God forgave me. But I couldn't shake the disappointment I had in myself for having done that. Well, years went by. I became a pastor. And guess what I learned? I'm not the only one who struggles with that. There's a whole lot of folks who have a hard time forgiving themselves over things that have happened in the past and can carry guilt or disappointment. And I've learned a few things about how to forgive ourselves since. One of the things that I've learned is that written within us especially within us as we're on this journey of faith, is this sense of justice. You know, that, that there's a scale of justice, and when we've done something that harms somebody, the scale is tipped, and it feels like we're supposed to do something to make it right. Sometimes we don't know what we can do. Sometimes maybe there's nothing that we can do, but it doesn't change that we feel like there's something that needs to happen. And until it does, we can carry around our disappointment or our guilt. I encountered this in a woman in a church that I served a long, long time ago. She came to me because she said that God seemed so distant to her. But as we began to explore what was going on in her life, I began to realize that she was carrying with her this huge burden of guilt. Her mother had died a couple of years earlier, and she had not been there with her mother in her final months or at her death. And she was carrying this guilt that she had not been there for her mother. And while she had asked for God's forgiveness, she had not been able to forgive herself. And not being able to forgive herself became this roadblock between her and God to the point where she started feeling like she was all alone in this world. You know, like God was nowhere to be found. As we talked, it became clear she had to do something. Now, let me be clear on this. God did not need her to do something to forgive her. She was already forgiven. She needed to do something to let go of it. And so, I knew there was a couple of women in the local nursing home that were getting near death. And I assigned her to go over and visit those women and care for them in their last days. And so she would go over twice a week and visit each one of the two women and care for them. And a month later, she came back and she told me that she had forgiven herself and that she felt close to God again. Sometimes we just have to be able to do something, not because God requires it. God's forgiveness is already present, but we can't let go of it ourselves. The second thing that I've learned about forgiveness, this is more theological. This has to do with how we think of ourselves. Sometimes when we cannot forgive ourselves, we might have behind that this sense that we know more about ourselves than God does. I mean, if God really knew me 
If God really knew what I had done, God wouldn't forgive me. Sometimes behind our inability to forgive ourselves is a need to work on our trust of God. That God really does love us and really does forgive us and really does want us to let it go. Be part of our story, but God will redeem that. Which brings me to the third thing that I've learned about forgiving ourselves. And that is that sometimes we think that the things that there's nothing good that can come out of something that we have done in the past. Nothing good could ever come out of that lie that I told that man. That's what we believe. Nothing good could ever come of it. And we forget that the God who redeems us does not just redeem our future. God also redeems our past. God redeems those things that we have done that have brought hurt to other people's lives so that they can be used for some kind of good. That's why Paul tells the story over and over again of how he oversaw the execution of Stephen, the first Christian martyr. Not because what he had done was okay, but because of the power of God to bring redemption even to somebody like him. And his story became powerful bringing others to believe. God can redeem these things that have happened in our lives. And when we remember that, it's easier to let it go. By that, I don't mean to forget about them. These things that we've done, they're part of our story. They're part of our story, but they are not the defining part of our story. The defining part of our story is grace, is mercy, is forgiveness, which brings me back to that guy who betrayed me. I forgave him many times. Took a little while to fully let go of it, but I forgave him. And in so doing, I experienced freedom from that pain. I had to continue to be involved with him in my life, to interact with him. And what forgiveness allowed was for me to interact with him in a way that was consistent with my Christian character rather than interacting with him as a response to his character. Do you hear the difference there? Having forgiven him, being freed from that, allowed me to interact with him in a way that was consistent with my Christian character rather than interacting with him as a response to his character. And interacting in a way consistent with our Christian character is all about, that, about God bringing healing to that struggle between what we believe and how we behave. But that's not all that happened in that moment of forgiveness. Because in that moment of forgiveness, the cycle of hurt was broken. Think about it. Think about it. People who wound us have been wounded. And when we allow that wound to be a defining part of our lives, the hurt and the bitterness it shows in our relationships, as other people can be hurt by it. But in forgiveness, we end it. We end that cycle. We say, it's not going to continue beyond me. So part of being a new creation 
And it's why Paul ties his language about, about being ministers of reconciliation to new creation. Because it's within our experience of being a new creation and the end of this cycle of brokenness that we are able to then be agents for God in this world, helping others, bringing about reconciliation to people's lives. There's more to say about that. I think I'm about out of time. Let's pray, okay? Loving God, we thank you. We thank you for your presence in our lives, the love that you have for us, the ways that your grace is at work helping us to, to be honest about our lives, the strength that you give us to forgive others, and the way that you forgive us. We are just so grateful for this new creation, for how you're at work writing, rewriting the narrative of our lives, that we come to know the fullness of joy that you intend. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.